be seated. Spiritual guidelines, again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Our faith and our thoughts don't always line up. Faith and understanding. What we can grab a hold of and what faith is, they sometimes, they don't, they don't pencil out. And so, what we, how we look at a situation and think, okay, Lord, uh, if you want me to do this, 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 and this need to happen, uh, God doesn't need this, 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 and this to happen. God knows what's going on in our world. God knows what's going on in our life. He knows how to put us into a position uh, that he could use us. He knows what to bring into our life uh, to give us opportunities. And so uh, we're going to look at that. So there are verses, there are some verses in Scripture that just are so practical that they can help you almost every day. I'm not just talking about uh, quoting a passage of Scripture like it is a fix-all, but, but there are some passages in Scripture that can keep you on track. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, those are, those are life-guiding verses. When I think about life-guiding verses, I think about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think about Psalm 1. Psalm 1. I mean, the amount of instruction. If you grabbed a hold of those two passages of Scripture, you could really uh, make sure that you stay on track in your life. Just following uh, the principles of those, those guidelines, they are guiding. And God's Word needs to be guiding in our lives. It can't just be that, uh, yeah, I know that, I've heard that, knowledge. Uh, knowledge puffs up. But when we can take that knowledge, when we can take these principles, and we can practically apply them to our life, then we, are, we get to enjoy the blessings that come from that. Uh, so uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Psalm 1, uh, those are uh, some very uh, helpful passages. Take your Bibles and go to James. We'll get to the, the points here in a few minutes. But James chapter number 2. James is packed with uh, so many things. Uh, James talks about the tongue. The tongue is an unruly evil. Uh, and uh, all of the principles and guidelines on the tongue. But look at Proverbs chapter number 2, verse 14. The Bible says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now, if if we were talking to someone that believes that you can lose your salvation, uh, they, would, they would come to this passage of Scripture and they would use this uh, to promote a work salvation. Uh, the Bible does not promote a work salvation. Salvation has been uh, completed and finished in Christ. 
Okay, so the book of Romans tells us how to be saved by faith. The book of James shows us uh, that we we are justified in the sight of God by faith. The book of Romans, we are justified in the sight of man by our works. Okay, so here James is not talking to lost people. He is talking to the saved. And so he is talking about their faith being seen. And as other people, he said, thou hast faith. Uh, and, And he goes on, verse 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, if it hath not works, is dead. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, those two, those, those two phrases with those two words, show me. Show me. Uh, so it is not that God has to look at our works to see our faith. It is that man looks at our works to see our faith. Okay, so we go on. Verse 19, thou believest that there is uh, one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. So here we, we see another guiding principle about our faith. Our faith, if it is not lived out, it's dead. We can say we have, how many, how many times uh, you, you hear somebody say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And they're cussing, and they're drinking, and they're carousing, and, and you see a life that it just brings absolute confusion. Well, what you are saying and what you are living, they don't line up at all. I can't see your faith with your works. By your lifestyle, I cannot see that faith. But let's flip it. A Christian that is not living their faith, a lost person can't see it either. No matter what we say. These are guiding principles. And God's word is full of guiding principles. And as we follow these guiding principles, what will we see? We will see that our life will be, uh, will be led in a way where our, our spiritual gift is just going to naturally be used. We don't have to conjure up a spiritual gift. We don't have to conjure up the Spirit of God leading us. But we do have to follow what he is saying to do. And in our obedience, he guides us, leads us, and it will just be an organic. Uh, Our faith, uh, sharing our faith should just be organic. It should just come out. Uh, we were on vacation, and uh, one, of, one of the men that we were taking a walk, and he got stuck in a man lift. And so uh, came along, and uh, he was up in the man lift uh, bucket, and uh, we waved at him, and he waved back, and he had this 
this look of consternation on his face like something was wrong and we kept on walking and I stopped and I thought, I think he's stuck. And I went back and I said, are you stuck? And anyway, helped him get down and uh, throughout the, the time that we were there, we ran into each other several times. He, he lives in Oroville, has a vacation home uh, there and gave him a gospel track and invited him to church and for him to come give us a visit. Uh, but you know what? I didn't have to try to chase that down. It was just an opportunity that God, God gave you know, our, our faith, it should just come out. Uh, so here, when we look at the, the word faith here uh, in the book of James, uh, in chapter 2, faith is mentioned 14 times, or 13 times. Just in the verses that we read, it was mentioned seven times. 149 times this Greek word pistis is used, and, and with those, uh, it is all dealing with a strong confidence and a reliance upon God. And our life, it should just be that we are trusting God. We're trusting God. We are just confident in who he is. We trust him no matter what the situations of life bring us. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, a very familiar verse, and I'm watching that clock uh, change quickly. We haven't even got to point number, uh, point number one. Uh, and so uh, Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God, do we believe that God will bless us when we follow him? Or do we think he's just going to bless everybody else? We have got to have confidence that God is who he says he is confidence, faith, that he will do what he says he will do. And in doing so, what will we find? We will find that as we live our life, then the giftings that he has given to us, the, the, the spiritual gifts, the opportunities that he gives to us will bring glory to him. And we get to be a part of it. We don't, have, we don't have to manipulate God to be used by God. God is not a respecter of persons. I was telling our men, uh, praise the Lord, we had 12 men at Bible study on Tuesday morning at 6.30. Praise the Lord. But I was telling them, we need to be men of God. When you think about the term man of God, you think about the pastor. But the reality is that each one of us, as men, we need to be men of God. And ladies, you need to be a lady of God. You need to be a godly lady. And when we look at ourselves that way, you know what it's going to do? It's going to impact how we live. How does a man of God act? How does a man of God live? What would he do? What would he not do? What would a godly woman do? What would a godly woman 
not do. What are those? Those are just guides to help lead us to be the person that God wants us to be. And so I've got six points for you tonight, six guidelines. Uh, I've got six points in about 10 minutes. All right, so uh, we'll get started quickly. So what are some spiritual guidelines? Number one, teaching. Spiritual guidelines, teaching. We need to be learners. If I am going to, uh, to, to follow the Lord, uh, I have got to be a learner. I've got to put myself under teaching. Not only do I need to be taught uh, by others, I need to be teaching myself. I need to be getting into God's word. I need to be studying. I need to be reading. Uh, I need to be uh, allowing uh, God to work in my life. Uh, and as we do that, and as we are a learner, we are following and getting teaching, it is going to help us. It is going to strengthen us. Second Timothy chapter number three, uh, Second Timothy three, verse 15 and 16, uh, the Bible says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Now, how did he know the holy scriptures from a child? Mama and grandma, they were, they were investing in little Timothy. And from a child, he knew the Holy Scriptures. Let me tell you, you know why we are not seeing the pastors, servants of God? Because mama, grandma, maybe the dads, we're not, we're not teaching the Word of God. We're, we, have, we have delegated that and relegated that to somebody else. We, we've got to be able to take our own responsibility. Uh, and it's not just at school. It's not just at church. Uh, it's got to be at home as well. And so here, uh, Timothy, from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, what do we see? We see that the word of God, it brings about salvation. The teaching of the word of God brings about salvation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine is the word teaching. It's profitable for doctrine, just teaching, uh, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And, and with that uh, teaching, we need to be learning. And we might not be the one teaching, but we need to be taught. We need to be embracing uh, what is, what is uh, being passed on to us. So what, uh, it is good to know truth and doctrine and biblical principles. Uh, uh, and with that, don't get too hung up on commands. If there are so many Christians that just want to live by the thou shouts, Proverbs is not filled with thou shouts. Proverbs is filled with biblical principle. What is it? They're guides. So that teaching, it comes to us. Uh, and in that teaching, it's a guideline to help us uh, lead, lead and live the life that God has given to us. And so the teaching, uh, and if we do not put ourselves in a position of learning, just because you know what your spiritual gift is, doesn't mean that you're good at it. It needs to be sharpened. I remember the first time I ever preached. I preached at a Christian school, preached at chapel. 
I was still in high school. I had so many notes. I had prepared. It was like a book. And about three minutes and 45 seconds later, I was done. Now i got to try to figure out how to shorten them down. Uh, I don't have to figure out how to make them longer. But, uh, but what, there has been teaching. There has been investment. There has been training. There has been learning. Uh, and what has happened, uh, I'm able to develop the gifts that God has given to me. And that's all of us. And none of us have arrived. We still have things that we need to keep on working on. Uh, so, uh, so we need to make sure that we uh, have that teaching. Number two, Trusting. Trusting. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord. If God gave you an, a gift, then he will help you use it. He'll help you. He didn't just give it to us and say, okay, good luck. That's not how God works. He wants us to succeed. Just like you want your children to succeed, you don't set them up for failure. You do everything that you can to set them up for success. I just met with a grandparent earlier today, and the grandparent was telling me that he was cashing in his 401k so his grandson could go to school. He said, I can see no better way to spend my retirement than getting my grandson into Christian school. His income, living, his income earning days are done. But here he was. He was, he was just, he had, he had to, to get that, he had to make sure that his grandson was going to be able to be in a Christian school. So, so if God gives us a gift, just like we invest in our kids so they can succeed, God invests in us, and he wants us to succeed. He wants us to succeed. Proverbs 16, 3, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You say, well, when I figure everything out, then I'll, then I'll go ahead and serve the Lord. No, it doesn't work that way. We commit our works to the Lord, and then your thoughts are established. So uh, we see that trusting God, transforming, uh, transforming. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. Romans 12, 1 and 2. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your, what? Reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what, what happens? As there is transformation in our life, other people see it. And we will make an impact on others. You know what you'll find? As that transformed life takes place, people will see 
what has taken place in your life. Miss Sarah uh, in the jail, uh, she keeps telling, telling the ladies that are in there, uh, I, was, I know exactly where you're at and what you have gone through. And God just keeps opening doors. Brother Billy, same thing. And we're seeing fruit. Oh, why? It, it happens as we are allowing God to transform us. You say, well, I don't have anything to transform from. Oh, my goodness. We got bigger problems. We got we to go way back. You know, God wants to take us from being carnal to being spiritual. Not just, not just, not religious. How much of our life is more religion than relationship? It's not church. Am I, am I following the spiritual guidelines? Is God leading me? Am I following him? Isn't that what we want? We desire his leading in our life, and he wants it. He will bring about that transformation. Number four, what do we have to do? We have to tackle the problems that come before us. Don't run. Christian, don't run when you find yourself with an obstacle. Don't run. 2 Timothy 4, uh, verse 1 through 7. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Uh, what do we find? Uh, even though uh, it's not easy, and even though uh, there are problems, Go ahead and tackle the problem. Just keep on going forward. Uh, keep on doing what you're supposed to do. Paul is writing to a, a young preacher boy, Timothy, and he's giving him that instruction. And he was telling him, listen, the time's coming or they're not going to listen. Well, let me tell you, if they weren't listening in Timothy's day, what do you think is happening now? Wow. Should we just quit? No. No. No, we just got just to embrace it. Just attack, attack it. Uh, tackle the problems that come our way. Uh, don't run from them. Don't make it out. Well, there's just no hope. There's a God in heaven. There's still hope. So let's do what we can. Uh, number five, uh, trials. Uh, guiding. These things are all guidelines, guiding uh, principles. Uh, we see trials and how they can guide us. First uh, Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation ta taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Pastor, it's just so hard. I know. But other people have 
faced that temptation too. And they kept on going. You know, there are some people in the Bible that I don't want to be standing next to when it comes judgment day. I don't want to be anywhere close to the Apostle Paul. I'm glad my name doesn't start with Paul, with P. I don't know, is, is the Lord going to put us in alphabetical order or how is he going to uh, put us in there? I have no idea, uh, but, but I'm hoping that I'm not going to be there right next to Paul. I hope I'm not going to be there next to Thomas who was filleted alive for his faith. You know, the trials that we face, we face God uses them to accomplish something in our life. We can look at them as enemies or we can look at them as a tool allowed by God to bring about something beautiful. Brother, Brother James enjoys doing woodwork. You know, with that woodworking, he uses the lathe and he's got a big gouge and that gouge will chip away big chunks of wood at a time. And then there are other instruments that are used, the chisels that will fine-tune whatever it is that's being made. But then you go from those chisels and those gouges, and then you go to some sandpaper. I'm sure the piece of wood that's getting sanded and having that sandpaper run over it, I'm sure it was, it, there's no life in the piece of wood. We're not, we're not a bunch of tree huggers. But, but that abrasion was used to bring about something good. The Bible says in James 1, 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God's working on us. 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Those trials that come, uh, they are not, uh, the faith that we have, uh, it's more precious than gold. And God is trying to bring about something that is going to bring glory to him. So, so with that, uh, these are guidelines to help us. Don't run from the, the trials. Because one day there's going to be triumph. One day there will be triumph. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the, the night, in the which that the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. 
One day we're going to be under the Lord's leadership. We're going to be under his authority. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Praise the Lord. You know, these are, these are just guiding things. Hey, one day I'm going to see the Lord. And because I'm going to see the Lord, it's going to impact how I live. Keeps me on track. But looking for the day that I'm going to see him, boy, there's hope. It's getting better from here, folks. It's getting better from here. And what a blessing. And all of these, these guidelines, these spiritual guidelines, they just help us stay on track so those spiritual giftings will be able to be used. You know, if we are in the right place, we'll see the right things happen. Have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? <laughs> Brother Doug's back there shaking his head, no. Uh, he's a liar. Uh, no, he's laughing. And so, of course, uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time. But just like being in the wrong place at the wrong time brings consequence, being in the right place brings blessings. And it's a blessing to follow the Lord. It's a blessing to be able to allow him uh, to use us. And, and he knows how to bring about these spiritual giftings to bring glory to him. We don't have to try to figure it all out on our own. We just need to be where we're supposed to be, serving him, and we'll see him use us in spite of us. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our people. And Lord, it is a blessing to be able to be used by you. And uh, Lord, you have given us the instruction and the guidelines. Help us to apply them to our lives. Speak to hearts, heads bowed, eyes closed. We're not going to have uh, an altar call tonight. But who'd say, Pastor, Lord, he put some, his finger on some things in my life tonight. He, he, he pointed some things out that I need to work on. They say, Pastor, that's me tonight. The Lord, Lord spoke to my heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. Father, I pray that you'd bless each one. Help us. As we endeavor to follow you, I pray that uh, these guidelines would... Uh, just help us uh, to stay on the path and to get on the path that you'd want us to be. And may uh, you just be glorified by the results. Uh, Lord, it's not about us, it's about you. And so I pray, Father, that you would be the one uh, that is honored. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. All right, God bless you. Have